Hi, welcome to Savara. This is my first ever podcast. So figured I what I would do here is bring in my two best friends to do the first one with me. So I got Philip Larson and I got my buddy Ryan Shields. So my buddy Phil, he is a F-16 pilot. He's in training. He's down in Tucson right now, um, trying to get it all together. So we'd like to hear some things about his perspective from training and what it's like to be, you know, a Wisconsin boy living in Tucson. And then my buddy Ryan, he just got married. So Congratulations to him, and he was, so me was my roommate uh, at Bemidji State, and we grew up together and just had really good times together, so he's one of my best friends, and he was actually in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota as a cop, and he transitioned from that to being medical sales, so, you know, I think it'd be cool to ask him his perspective on that whole thing, because I know it's kind of an interesting topic, but really, we're just here to have a good time and just talk about life you know, as bros and, and how we've experienced life coming up to this point and what it's like. So specifically, you know, I'd just like to ask Ryan, what's it like being married, man? Newlywed. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I don't know, not a lot different. I mean, Jenna's awesome and it's been awesome living out here in Idaho. Um, we're loving Boise. Um, so it's just us and our dog pretty much yeah. taking on the world. So um yeah, we're loving the mountains. We're loving, we want to get out and explore as much as possible. But otherwise, yeah, not a lot of, not a lot of change. We're just working and getting through these COVID times. Oh, yeah, dude. COVID is definitely interesting. Phil, down in Tucson, what's it like, my man? It's hot. But uh, now we're you. It's a lot different than we were expecting. We came from Texas. Uh, we're in Texas for a year for pilot training. And, uh, kind of flat and hot over there came over here to arizona and tucson we're surrounded by mountains and uh, palm trees and we live in a pretty good complex with a couple of pools so we're liking it grayson loves it bridget loves it it's kind of an upgrade compared to to texas but we're looking forward to getting back up to duluth minnesota get back to the normal weather that we're used to yeah all, all four seasons many, right yeah there's not many seasons down here so that's the biggest Biggest complaint I would have. Um, I understand why older people come down here now in the wintertime because fall wintertime is gorgeous. The weather's perfect, but uh, summertime is no no good. Right. Hot for us. So the reason I wanted both of you guys on here at the same time is because Ryan, when you trained as a cop, you right, obviously you went through some rigorous course training. And Phil, you're going through your course training right now. So I just wanted to hear from your guys' perspective, like, do you think there's any similarities between flight training and cop training or even training as a salesman? I mean, is there any like big things that you could hit on and share with people that you think are super important? Phil, you can go first. Yeah. I mean, I would guess that there's quite a few similarities between going through pilot training um, and what Ryan went through as, you know, police force training. Um, pretty much have to dedicate yourself to it. So, I'll explain my, my background a little bit. So the pilot training pipeline, it ends up being about two years um, in total. So you start off, I started off flying the T-6 for six months at Laughlin Air Force Base in Del Rio, Texas. And then um, transitioned to T-38s, which is the fighter track basically. So you learn how to fly a fighter jet type jet. It's not a fighter jet, but it's a fighter type of jet. Um, and we're working honestly like 12 hour days, five days a week during the first year of pilot training. Uh, granted, you get a few days in there where you're not working a 12-hour day, uh, get a couple Fridays off, family days and whatnot, and then get holidays off, which was great. You needed that for you know rest and relaxation and your own sanity. But 
the biggest takeaway that I've gotten from this, the biggest thing that I've learned is that, you know, if you want to be successful, uh, especially at something that th that is this demanding, you have to commit yourself 100% every single day. Um, and then when you come home after work, you have to be able to unwind a little bit, spend time with family and friends and uh, find what really relaxes your mind so that you can get your mind off it for a little bit so that you can go back at it and get after it the next day. I'm guessing that's a lot similar to what Ryan went through. Yeah, man, I can feel that for sure. Ryan, you got anything to add? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, there's obviously going to be similarities, but it's also, I mean, polar opposites at the same time. Like, I don't know anything about planes or flying or anything like that, but no, like the, our first six months of, you know, training, if you want to call it that, for the academy in Minnesota was mostly schoolwork and pretty mundane, you know, non-intensive stuff. Um, but then from there, you go into like in-house academy, which, you know, starts ramping up. And then, and then you got your on-the-job training, which is pretty much where you learn the bulk of what you need to do. Um, so all in all, the training's probably eight or nine months. But yeah, just like Phil said, you got to commit 100%. Um, you know, and, and if you're not a mentally strong person, you're not going to get through stuff like that. Um, and then same thing with unwinding. Like we always said, you wear different hats. So when you go to work, driving into work, you put on your work hat. You get in your car and you're driving home, you put on your family hat. Um, you know, you're, in Phil's case, his dad hat, me, my <laughs> husband hat, whatever you want to call it. Like you're putting on different hats, whatever you're doing, and try not to bring – I mean, there's stresses in everything you do, but especially law enforcement, military, and whatever else there is out there. You try not to bring that stuff home and and uh, talk about it too much, but yeah. Yeah, man. That sounds like just from hearing both you guys talk, number one thing is commitment and being mental tough, but also at the same time being able to come home and just, you know, being able to relax and kick your shoes off and, you know, leaving the crap at the door, right? So, and that's, you know, guys, a lot of the times that's what they'll do is they'll carp they'll, uh, compartmentalize, right? They'll say, you know, work is work and home is home, right? A lot of women don't think that way. So it's, it's interesting, you know, if I was to be able to ask a woman, like, how, you know, how do you deal with, with work and then going home, right? And for guys, though, it's also the same, right? You know, we can say, you know, leave it at the door, but a lot of times it doesn't, right? Especially when you're in the service for a long time, right? That stuff creeps into the door, right? It creeps into your relationship. So I just think from my perspective, uh, what I've learned is, is you don't necessarily have to, you know, leave it at the door as much as you have to address it at the door, right? You have to confront what it is that happened that day. And, you know, if that takes letting your significant other know, right, you know, in, a, in, a, in the right way, like, hey, this is, this is what happened to me today. You know, it's kind of edged me the wrong way a little bit. But, you know, with, with uh, you know, teamwork, you know, with your significant other and all that stuff, I think that that helps you leave it at the door. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I mean, um, that has been great. You know, when I was working, obviously now what I do is a lot less stressful and not as, I don't see as much messed up stuff. Right. Um, you know, Jenna's always been great where she's somebody I could go to and talk to about whatever, but same time, it's like stuff that you don't really want to talk about sometimes so right yeah and i get that yeah jenna's always been great in that aspect yeah i have to agree with that um there's only i mean there's only certain things that you can't really talk about because the understanding is not really there um they're not in our shoes you know we're not in their shoes right bridget's at home with grayson every single day you know putting her time into him um 
while I'm at work and I try to come home and give her a break. And while I give her a break, I'm giving myself a break as well because I'm spending time with the little guy, which is great. Right. So talking about, not to cut you off, but talking about commitment, right? How do you commit yourself to more than one thing, right? It takes an awful lot to commit to be a a medical salesman. It takes an awful lot to commit to be an F-16 pilot. But you guys aren't just that, right? You guys are also husbands and, and fathers and, you know, sons, right? brothers and stuff like that so how do you how do you commit to all those things um i'll go first i think that you kind of have to set your priorities obviously so as we get as we've gotten older um you figure out what's the most important to you so obviously family comes first um so whether you be a a son a father brother whatever uncle um, that comes first you try to be the best family person you can be and then, um, you know, we've chosen our, our career fields. We've chosen chosen what we want to do. So we're not doing it by chance, you know. It takes a lot of work, so uh, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't enjoy it. Um, so I think that's how you kind of compartmentalize and uh, try to do all that stuff at one time is you enjoy what you're doing. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it, you know. Yeah. Ryan? Yeah, just to build on that. Like, I also i am big on setting goals, or at least I'm trying to get better at it. Um, you know, whether that's with my relationship or with work or whatever it is. Um, so like right next to my bed, I put up, there's like eight things that I try to do every day. Um, I can't memorize them all right now, but (laughs) like spend quality time with Jenna before work. Um, you know, get some exercise in every day, exercise my dog, you know, be present when Jenna gets home from work. Um, spend 30 minutes a day learning something outside of work that makes me smarter. Um, so it's, I don't know, I tried. That's got to be tough, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like, you know, trying to challenge yourself every day to, like, read something that's, like, out of your scope or or make you a better person. That one's been a tough one for me. How much time do you have goal-wise towards your fantasy football team? Uh, not enough. I'm in a stupid (laughs) league right now where they charge $1 for every transaction. So if you ask somebody... You drop someone, add another, you pay a dollar. Oh, man, I would never make it in that league. <laughs> so I have, like, three guys on my bench that are on the IR because I'm so stingy. <laughs> yeah, I never do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hate it. My team sucks. I'm in last place. So I just got my, <laughs> I got my first win in one of my leagues. <laughs> well, I don't want to jinx myself, but I'm 5-0 and with the highest point total in the league. So, uh, Knock no. on wood. That'll change. That'll change, yeah. Always does, yeah. Hopefully Devontae Adams comes back this week because I need him. He's supposed he, to. He is, yeah. I need Michael Thomas to stop punching guys at practice. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good, man. Yeah, the goals the goals is important for sure just because I got goals as well. And when you look at that right in the morning, it gives your brain something to focus on. And I've noticed something that really helps me with goals and especially with lifting when I, when I schedule my lifting ahead of time. I don't have to think, right? I just do it. Because thinking takes a lot of energy. Not a lot of people know that. But the more you think, and especially overthink, it's going to deplete your uh, chances of, you know, overcoming or accomplishing your goals that you're committing to. So, yeah, it's really important to have goals. Probably couldn't emphasize that enough. Um, The way that uh, I do goals now is a little different than what I used to do. And hearing what you've been saying, I feel like you're kind of on a similar path even where I used to have a goal where I'd hit a time or I'd hit a number, or I'd hit like, you know, a certain sales amount. And 
I would never hit those or I'd never hit the deadline and it caused a lot of stress and I'd overtrain and when I would overtrain it would cause me to get even worse and you know I'd, I'd burn out stuff like that so I'm really changing my goals they're more quality orientated you know like spending time like you said spending quality time with Jenna like that that doesn't have a, a time limit on it it's just a goal that you make a point of emphasis of every day you know and that's kind of where my goals are leaning towards more now and it causes a lot less you know burnout and stress so that's something that I always emphasize when I tell people about goals you're either you're either gonna fail right or you're gonna become so crazy that you're gonna sacrifice a lot to get them so you're right if you're not setting your goals right so I mean that's yeah, I want to I want to say underset your goals, right? But just know how you're setting your goals. I don't know. You guys got anything to share about that? Yeah, I can add on. Like, like you were saying, like my. I mean, it's not even necessarily goals. Maybe it's just like a to do list. But yeah. But like, uh, no. I mean, obviously, doing sales, it's like a big numbers, you know, business. So it's easy to set goals. Like, oh, I want to make twenty five grand in sales this month. But like you're saying, you got to set realistic and obtainable goals otherwise you're just gonna be beating yourself up mm -hmm. um, at the same time you gotta have something to chase so you know like there's guys that are in my distributorship that are you know leaps and bounds ahead of me obviously because i'm you know i'm brand new to this and building the territory but it's find that balance between finding something that's obtainable that you can go after and whereas like i mean whatever i set as a goal right now i'm sure i'll come nowhere close to it i mean that's not a good mindset to have but starting out it's just the way it is in sales Right. And I think, I think the way it is with sales, like you're saying, because it's so interesting that it's almost, you know, yeah, sure. You can have a dollar amount, but really if, if I was to suggest a goal, it'd be like make three contacts, you know, or, or, you know, get to know three people in this region, right. Stuff like that, especially starting out. Cause that's, 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 they call it the snowball effect, right. Once you hit one of those goals and then you really feel like you can hit that next goal. So definitely make your first goal something as easy as, hey, just reaching out to this person, you know, like a to-do list type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Phil, you yeah. got any mock fives you got to hit or what? <laughs> no, I was, like Ryan was saying, you got to set attainable goals, obviously. Um, can't be, and like you were saying, you can't set uh, super specific goals. It kind of have to be, you know, find one or a couple big goals that you want to achieve, whether it's in a year two years, five years, 10 years, whatever, try to try to make a plan. And then uh, you start chipping away at it methodically. So like for me, for example, my goal obviously is to complete, you know, just complete pilot training. That's the biggest goal is get through the two years and then uh, get back to Duluth and fly Vipers up there. That's been my dream pretty much my entire life. So now that I'm actually living it, going through the process, um, my overall goal is to just complete it and do well while I'm doing it. But then I break it down into phases as well. So like first phase is you know, finish the first phase of T6s and then finish T38s and then fi finish IFF, which is the next phase after T38s. And then now I'm in B course finally, so the fourth phase where I'm learning to fly the F16 and we get proficient in that. So then you set, you know, goals within each of those phases. Um, just kind of break it down, you know, take one big goal, break it down to a bunch of small goals and then try to accomplish each one, you know, in order um, and do well while you're doing it. That's pretty much, uh, I'd say that's how I, approach my goals yeah so something that i was taught was you overemphasize, you overestimate what you can do in a day but you underestimate what you can do in a year so it's not surprising when someone will set this extremely high goal within three months and not hit it right but if you set 
obtainable goals within the day, obtainable goals within, you know, three months, you'll actually hit higher at the end of the year than you would, you know, setting that unrealistic expectation on day one or month three. But uh, so me and Ryan, we can relate because we've had career changes and we've had to go different paths. So I just want to ask you, Phil, what's it like where you knew what you wanted to do and you're doing it and you're living out that dream? Well, honestly, I don't know any different because it's kind of, I've been lucky everything's worked out the way I wanted to for the most part, you know. Obviously, there's some kinks in there, in there but uh, I've been pretty lucky. Um, everything's worked out, like I said, how I wanted it to so far. So all you can do is, you know, continue to work and try to keep it that way so that, um, you know, you don't have to fall back on a different plan or try to make a different plan. Um, since, it, you know, it's what I want, so I'm just going to continue to keep grinding on a daily basis and uh, try to be as successful as possible. Right. So before I forget, you did, uh, does Grayson have any goals or what? Yeah. Let's see, guys. Eat all of his dinner tonight. <laughs> you just got to eat your mac and cheese, dude. <laughs> yeah, got some hard-boiled eggs and a little bit of water. Oh, nice. Protein. Of course, yeah, of course he's eating eggs, a filled diet. <laughs> yeah. He's almost due for a haircut. He's almost – he turns one on the 3rd of November, so. All right, haircut then. Do rig off here pretty soon. What's he going to be for Halloween? Uh, we haven't quite decided yet. We were thinking about, uh, we liked Monkey, having like be Curious George, or oh, yeah. or we could go as like Tarzan and Jane and it could be a little monkey or something. <laughs> his hair works out for it, perfect. I know, exactly. So if we got him a little monkey suit and then did something with his hair, I think give him a banana and he'd look pretty good. All right. If he's Curious George, you got to wear the big yellow tux. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to go all out. <laughs> we'll Ryan, see. Ryan, what's your Halloween costume? Newlywed. I don't think Jenna and I have I have decided yet. I don't know. You got to be like uh, a mountaineer or something. What's something in Boise that makes sense? A potato. It could be potatoes. It could be French fries <laughs> and ketchup. All right. No, Great. I don't know. It could be uh, Woody Woody, and uh, who's Woody's girlfriend? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what is her name? Uh, Bo Peep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the potato head? You could be potato head and... Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. There you go. That's kind of lame. Um, well, you are, well, you are you are lame now. You're married, my man. <laughs> Halloween's <laughs> on a Saturday. It's like the thing of dreams. It's too bad we're not in college anymore. Is it? Does it, is it daylight savings that night too? I don't know. I remember Isn't it was it, one. that year that uh, we were out in like Eau Claire. I think it was daylight savings. Well, there was two times that happened. One time <laughs> I was at Bemidji with my brother and another time yeah we were out in eau claire <laughs> we could have used no extended hour that's for sure yeah that's for sure that was, a good <laughs> that was. ryan what's it like going through a career change something phil's never experienced <laughs> uh it's different um i don't know it's like the last i mean i started in montana doing corrections and then kind of flipped and made another career change from corrections to law enforcement and did another two years and then pretty much switched again. So, mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I, you know, moving to a new place isn't, isn't, you know, foreign to me. So that's been easy and good and it's hard not, I mean, it's kind of tough not knowing anybody here, but, um, so busy with work, it doesn't really matter, but yeah, I mean, sales is polar opposite from being a cop, but same thing. I mean, it's in the same aspect, like it's just talking to people, dealing with people, um, you know, building relationships, um, but yeah, so far it's been good. Just 
just going around and trying to build a territory and meet with as many people as possible and build relationships and hopefully get people to want to buy your stuff. But mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's definitely been, a, I mean, it's the last month and a half I've learned a ton, which is, I mean, I'm learning things that I never thought I would have ever needed to know about yeah. you know, the body and the foot and, you know, <laughs> surgery. And it's crazy. It's crazy where life takes you, but, but it's yeah. been good. Yeah. It's crazy. You get out of school and then you end up learning more out of school than you ever learned in school. It seems like, you know, but for sure. Yeah, I don't even think you want to get me started on the education system. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will hang up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it is a weird thing. So, but the thing of it is, is statistics will tell you that just about everyone will make a career change. Um, it's it's weird how that works. But uh, I've been taking this class, and something they talk about is they call it pivoting. Right. So it's not so much you're quitting and you're giving up and you, you're doing something else. It's now you're pivoting. And when you pivot, you actually get closer to your goal. OK, so everyone has a goal. Right. What is your ultimate goal? OK, so usually our ultimate goal is financial freedom, health and a good family. Right. That's usually what everyone deep down really, really wants. And so sometimes, you know, one career path, especially in college, when all we're doing is boozing and chasing girls, right, isn't the career path that is actually what we're supposed to have, right, when we when we grow up a little bit more. Okay, so then, yeah, that does take some pivoting. And I'm not saying that's what you were doing, Ryan. You dated Ryan, or you dated your now wife all throughout college. But just when we're, we're 18, you know, we make this decision. And you, a lot of people don't want to change that decision, Right. A lot of people just want to keep going because they feel like if they, they stop, they get behind. So a lot of the things that I emphasize and what I'm talking about is you're not going to get behind. You're actually pivoting to something closer that you actually want. OK, so it's OK to change your mind about something like, you know, for example, Ryan, you thought you were going to be a cop your whole life. And and, and Phil thought he was going to have 16 pilot his whole life. And one doesn't. The other doesn't. That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, one was right and one was wrong. I think you both are actually on your path to what you really, really want. And, you know, example for me, I've, I've pivoted multiple times just because I've just felt this absence of peace at where I'm at and what I'm, and what I'm doing. And if I dig down deep and realize why I was doing what I was doing, I realized that's not actually what I wanted. So I think it's cool on this, on this podcast here, we have a really good perspective from one guy that's that's you know gone throughout the whole way or is at least very close another guy that's you know just like me where I thought this is what I wanted and for me I couldn't get where I wanted uh like professional football like deep down that's what I want to do or like coach professional football deep down like I probably I mean I probably could have done it if I stuck with it at least the coaching aspect of it but I realized why I was doing wasn't it wasn't for the right reason and now that I'm hearing Ryan talk you know, I'm kind of left, Phil's right, and Ryan's in the middle. So it's interesting to hear all of our perspectives, and none of them are really wrong, though. Like, it's just us taking this journey throughout life and figuring out, hey, who am I really, you know? And I don't know if you really ever know that, especially in between the ages of 18 and 22. That's why there's so many pivoting in career choices at our age. You guys got anything to share about that? Uh, I would agree with, I mean, I think that, what you're saying is pretty accurate. You know, we're all three different, gone, di gone down different paths, but uh, yeah, we're all three still best friends. And uh, it doesn't, doesn't make a difference, you know, if one person's changed their career or not, if anything, it adds character 
I, I think it'll add character because you know, you'll, you have one career where you, you learn everything about it that you possibly can, you live it, and then you, you pivot, like you said, to you have to relearn all that, the new stuff that you're about to do and then become proficient in that. So it's adding character, um, it's adding a different skill set. Um, and I almost, I don't want to say that, uh, I don't think I'm really missing out on something because, um, you know, my job's pretty diverse. What I've, because I was prior military, so I did other stuff. Uh, so I haven't necessarily had the same career my entire life, but same path basically. But uh, I think obviously you learn from the more, the more experiences you have, the more you learn from it. So I think it's a great thing uh, for, for you guys to be able to experience that, to be honest. I agree. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it's Phil, you got a lot of fulfillment in what you do and that's great. And yeah, like you said, you're not missing out on anything cause you're not pivoting or, you know, doing a bunch of different stuff. Me and Josh have been out running around doing, but um, you know, you're, you're getting what you want out of your job and you love it and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So it's good. Yeah. And so, I mean, not to make it seem like Phil's had his life, you know, planned out since birth, but it's just the, the fact that, you know, he has been in one environment, like he's been flying and he's, he's known that he's want to fly his whole life. Now the specifics of it are unique and pivoting isn't just one huge pivot, right? We actually, and Phil included everyone, we all pivot a little bit each day. So, but it will, right. The big pivots will come, but uh, I mean, just to keep going further with it, it's, it's not that Phil, you're missing out on anything because we're changing careers. It's, it's that, uh, we all have life skills, right? And your life skills can apply literally in every environment. Okay. If you're good at communicating, right, that's important in any field. Okay. If you're good at, you know, uh, being a leader, right. Or even, you know, learning how to lead or taking orders. Okay. That's important in every field, no matter where you go. Okay. Those skills will always apply in every environment. And those we always have to get better at, but the technical skills, right? Like Phil was talking about, he's done other things, but his technical skills need to be sharpened more in his specific area. But for you, Ryan, like your life skills, although they were applied in the form of police officer, like you were saying earlier, it's still talking to people, right? So those skills still apply in your medical sales, right? But those technical skills need to be learned. They need to be sharpened a little bit more. Um, and that's, you know, where I would, come down on education within the college system pretty hard is I didn't learn anything very special, very applicable uh, to my field. Even though as a mechanical engineer, I got an engineering degree in aerospace. I basically needed three of those classes to do what I was doing. And the, all of it was life, life skills, right? Talking to you guys and, and communicating with other people. So to do these career changes for anyone that's out there thinking about one, it's really it's really not that dramatic, okay? A lot of our fears are irrational, all right? Once you face those fears, you'll wonder why you ever thought that in the first place. Yeah, so I think that, honestly, like for you guys, the hardest, I, I guess I don't know, I've never really asked you guys, so it's a good time to ask, but I would guess that the hardest part of, you know, trying to pivot is making that initial decision to actually do it. Um, like for you, Josh, to, to move home from Iowa and for Ryan, I know he had, he had reached out to both of us, asked for our opinions and all of his close family and whatnot, their opinions on what he should do. And you guys didn't take those decisions lightly. Um, so 
don't know. I think that if you guys, I guess if you could share on that, how tough it was to make that initial decision. You go, Ryan. Yeah, I guess for me, um, it certainly wasn't easy. Um, you know, six months ago, I would have told you I'm going to be a cop for 30 years and retire and ride off into the sunset and live in the hills of Montana somewhere. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, I sat on a resignation letter for two or three weeks and, you know, kind of battled with a little bit. And like you said, reached out to, you know, everybody I was close to and kind of got their opinion. But ultimately it came down to, like, I mean, everything just fell into place. It felt so right. Like, it felt like the only option. So, um, in one aspect, it was hard because I was, you know, leaving something that I loved that, that I did. I loved being a cop, but, um, you know, everything just kind of fell into place and, and everything happened right at the right time and the opportunities were right at the right time. And, and ultimately, it was what was best for my family. So, at the end of the day, it was an easy decision. It was just getting over that initial hump like you were saying and diving in head first and fully committing to it. But once I did that, it was, you know, I had peace of mind and it was easy. Yeah. You know, the more I talk about it and hear you guys talk, I kind of starting to realize that we are kind of very different in our three careers because I didn't even want my job in the first place, but I did it <laughs> because I didn't know what else to do. And I was money. Right. So I was just like, whatever. And then, you know, six months into it, nine months total, with my internship, I was like, man, this sucks. And, but I, you know, I talked to my parents, you know, just like Ryan did and same thing. All I really needed was, you know, a yes for my mom and dad, because I knew I was going to be living back here at home. So I was like, you know, if they're cool with it, I'm, I'm putting my two weeks in. I, I wrote my two weeks uh, that day. My mom said, yeah, I mean, I've been contemplating it for a while and I talked to my parents about it and they had thought about it for like two weeks. But once they said yes, I wrote my two weeks that day and turned it in. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I, I couldn't, you know, for me, I didn't enjoy what I was doing. Uh, I enjoy aspects of engineering, but what I was doing wasn't, wasn't what I enjoyed. It wasn't problem solving. It was more like micromanaging. And then, and then what I saw for my future wasn't exactly great either. I wasn't a big fan of middle management and, and trying to get my MBA to you know, get past middle management, right? It's like 60 grand right there. So to me, it didn't seem, didn't seem right. So I, I, I just felt like there's a better way, right? To do what I wanted to do. And that's where I had to be honest with myself. What is it that I actually want to do in life? So, you know, I got things going on where, you know, right now it's all started, right? It's all a process. So you don't really know what's going to hit and what's not. But so far, I can tell you this, from my perspective, I enjoy what I do way more. I enjoy getting up every day and to be completely honest with you, like the commitments there because I enjoy what I'm doing, right? The commitments there because I, I want to do what I want to do. I want people to learn from my experiences and your guys' experiences. I want to give these people an outlet from, from areas of struggle, right? Because life, life, will, life will knock you down. That's a guarantee, but how you get up and how, how you punch back, right? That's something that needs to be learned. And I think a lot of people can learn from us talking just in general and, and from, you know, words of wisdom that I share on Wednesdays and stuff. So that's, that's something that motivates me, right? That's something that gets me committed. So uh, I, I feel that when I talk to you guys, you know, um, and to go into more specifically, like for Ryan, like I thought you were going to be a cop for 30 years too, to be completely honest with you. And 
And so just talk about that transition of how you went from being a cop to a salesman mentally, right? So can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so essentially um, just, you know, from our connections back to Bemidji, just kind of my buddy, our buddy Chase, uh, he just kind of reached out and he knew things were kind of tough for law enforcement when, you know, things still are, but when things were really bad here a couple months ago, he was like, hey, if you ever find yourself needing a job, you know, let me know, give me a call. And I never really thought anything of it. And then he called me again, like a week and a half later, he was like, hey, if you're serious, he's like, hey, I, I, you know, I'm serious. And if you're looking for something to do, let me know. So then it kind of hit home and it was like, you know, then I just kind of had to take a step back and think about what was best for my family and, you know, my relationship and, and, you know, my future with, you know, my future family. And, um, it was just kind of a no brainer. So, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, obviously I had a great opportunity that I was very lucky to have. So I didn't want to squander that and, you know, let that fly by and then regret not doing it. And, um, so that's just kind of where the, you know, committing full bore into it. Mm-hmm. Came, into, came into play and um yeah it's just i mean it, it just felt too right to pass up like it was just too good of an opportunity you know too good a timing to say no so yeah buddy i hear you phil have you always been an f-16 pilot or did you have to learn to be one i'm talking like mentally like like you just like you just fit the mold or you had to kind of cultivate yourself into one i mean it's hard for me to judge um I would think that for the most part, yeah, you have kind of like a, a, an aggressive mentality mindset. You have to, you have to want to do what you're doing every day, you know, because it's a lot of training. It's a lot of time, a lot of dedication, potentially a lot of time away from your family. Um, so it's not something that somebody, you know, it's not for the same heart. You can't just jump into it and then expect to get through it. You're not going to be any good at it. So growing up playing sports, as you know, playing with you, I was always super super competitive uh, i love sports i love the competition aspect of sports and uh you know and the camaraderie of like the locker room that's why I, you know that's why we're all such good buddies because we we love football um, that's how we met was through football and that's just the camaraderie side of that and then being in a fighter squadron and being a fighter pilot um you know there's a lot of camaraderie in a fighter squadron so i'd say sports actually set me up really well for my career <laughs> I think Grayson agrees too. <laughs> <laughs> he for sure agrees. <laughs> but yeah, I'll leave it at that. Uh, what, about, what about you, Ryan? What do you think? Uh, I think I could build on the athletic stuff. Like, I know when I was going through interviews and stuff to be a police officer, even in Montana, like, that was always my biggest sell. When I, like, they would ask, oh, like, what are you most proud of? And I'd be like, well, I'm most proud that I was a college athlete and that you know, maybe they didn't think that was the greatest accolade, but it's like, you know, I balanced basically a job in football, mm-hmm. work, school, you know, built relationships, made friends, you know, got judged every day by coaches, got through the trials and tribulations of that. And, you know, you know, learned how to learn how to be kind of broken down by coaches and, and, you know, criticized, making yourself better. And, you know, I think athlete, athletics definitely helped. Yeah, man, I agree. That, that stuff's super important. There's not enough time in the day to explain to someone what that, what that type of stuff does for you and how it helps. But I will say this, and I want to hear you guys' opinions on it, because we started this conversation about commitment, and we all have those days where we don't want to do it, right? We all have those days where it sucks, and it'd be easier to not do it. So I just want to hear 
Ryan, you can go first. Uh, what do you do when those days suck and you don't want to do it? Um, I just refocus on, you know, what I'm trying to do and what my goal is. Like when things suck, like, especially right now, like I'm, you know, I get turned down a ton of offices and it's like, you know, I try not to take it personal because I know that I'm a sales rep and I'm sure they deal with tons of sales reps and they hate dealing with sales reps. So it's like, don't take it personal because I'm probably the seventh dude that stepped in their office, you know, before lunch. Um, you know, so the big, big part is not taking it personal and um, just keep pushing forward to what you're trying to do and what your goal is and, and uh, you know, what the end game is. Focus, you know, it's especially in sales, it can be a long play. You know, we can... To add on to that, that's so true, right? Because when we, this is how people lose confidence is they don't do something that they know they were supposed to do yesterday. Okay. So when you continue on that process of, okay, I was supposed to do this homework assignment, but I didn't do it. Um, the next day, the next time you get a homework assignment, you're less likely to trust yourself on that homework assignment to do it. That gives you anxiety. Okay. But a lot of people don't understand that what, what loses confidence and what makes you nervous and what, what, uh, causes you to fail a lot of the times is your past okay because because somewhere in your past you cheated on a test and you know somewhere in your future that you probably can't cheat on this test so now because of what you did in the past you feel like you're gonna fail again okay so that's where the little things come in right just like you were saying when when things go wrong when you don't want to commit when you don't want to do the the little things right in that day okay it, it's important to because it's going to happen important to remind yourself like hey okay i forgive myself like that that was a mistake i messed up but but next time or this time let's do it right the okay the right way okay because if you build that cycle if you keep doing those little things you keep pushing them off or procrastinating or whatever you're going to lose confidence in yourself you're gonna you're not going to believe in yourself to get the job done when the job matters all right so that's why it is so important to have these these goals and that and to commit uh to these little things okay it's important you know, to clean your room, honestly, it's important to, in the morning to make your bed. And it's right, we all we all brush our teeth in the morning, at least I hope some of us do. But, <laughs> but it's like, you do those things. You, and it's, it's amazing, that stuff builds confidence, right. And then you start trying to create more habits, right. Ryan right now is trying to create more habits on how to sell people. Okay. So once you get in that cycle, once you get into those little things, right, you're gonna face rejection, especially in sales. I face rejection all the time with, with what I'm doing. And to be completely honest with you, that was one of the hardest things that I've, I've had to deal with is, is knowing why I'm being rejected. You know, like, is it me? Is it the product? Is it just, you know, a bad connection? But also at the same time, like Ryan's also saying, like, you can't get your affirmation from sales, right? You got to get your affirmation from, first of all, from my perspective, you know, that God loves you. And then after that, within your career, that you're doing it the right way. You're doing the right things all consistently, right? The little things all at the right time. And that'll build, that'll manifest itself. Okay, that'll turn into sales, right? And the rejections will, will be sales and stuff like that. So it's basically out of the conversations we've had today, it's commit, it's goals, commitment, and consistency, right? Because you're gonna have days that suck. And when those days suck, you gotta stay consistent, right? You can't let those sucky days build up into a sucky cycle. So. I don't know if you guys got anything to share about that or add on to. I was going to add on like, 
positivity too for me is something I've been really trying to work on. Like every office I go to, every room I'm in, I try to be the most positive person. Like I'll walk into an office, like, hey, can I meet with the doctor? And they're like, nope, he's busy. I'm like, great. Well, I came to talk to you. <laughs> Actually, that's what I really wanted to talk to you. Was the reception. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me today. And so it's just like being like almost like not sarcastic about it, but just like over the top positive and it, you know, it, it helps. Like you might get down on yourself. I don't know when things don't go your way, but if you can find some positive, like, Oh, I, I got shut down, but I gathered information. I know his schedule. Now I know when I can't see him, I know when he's busy. So it's like just finding every little positive you can and trying to be the most positive person in the room is, I think it's kind of a long way for me. Um, especially like mindset wise. So. Well, does Grayson have anything to say? I just found me out of his high chair, so. <laughs> no, I think you guys hit it on the head. Honestly, like, daily, I don't want to say routine because it's kind of a bad word, but if you get in, like, a daily habits, um, little things that, you know, make you tick, um, like you said, brush your teeth in the morning, start your day off, right? Um, go get a workout in the morning, starts your day off, right? You know, sometimes you get into a, a routine or a habit pattern, and then, if you start getting out of that, you're like, shoot, I'm missing something in my daily schedule or my daily, in my daily life. So I think that's really important to have. Um, for me, at least, and I have to have a daily routine every single day just to feel normal and feel like I was productive that day. So I think that, and then like Ryan said, positivity. Um, you're not going to have a good day if you wake up mad at the world or mad at yourself or mad at somebody else holding the grudge. So try to let stuff go, you know, forgive people. Um, I think that's honestly something that I've learned the most of my life is you know I find myself ticked off at somebody for something stupid and then I think about it for about 10 minutes and I'm like you know it's not really worth it so I'm just gonna let it slide and you know I think that's kind of a big thing that I've learned yeah for sure man forgiveness is huge so especially if you're going to be in any sort of sales industry or training right with military discipline you got to learn how to forgive yourself because you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes and things are going to get tough, right? You're going to get rejected. So you got to learn how to forgive yourself and that'll help you forgive, you know, the other people because it's not necessarily their fault that they're rejecting you as much as it is. There's just something there that you're missing. Okay. And it's probably not even anything that major, but uh, we'll probably end this here soon. I'll uh, probably get one more comment in here. We're coming up on an hour, but, uh, I just realized this whole time I've been accidentally standing on Jenna's hot iron for the <laughs> cricket machine. I'm pretty sure I just melted the carpet. I <laughs> I'm like, what is that smell? It smells horrible in here. Did I shower today? Yeah. <laughs> and then I feel all the heat coming on my foot. I'm like, oh my God. Did you burn your foot? No. Do you ever... Uh... Stand, but I think half... I don't know. <laughs> Could have been terrible. Could have been you know, kidding. Good luck getting your security deposit, my man. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll finish with this, and you guys can have the last laugh or say or whatever. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> so what people don't realize is everything you do is actually out of habit. Okay, so you know when Phil says create a habit or you know create a routine. He's right. And a lot of the way we think of it is, you know, brushing your teeth. Okay. That's a habit. That's routine. Okay. But actually it's very rare to make a decision outside of your routine. It's very rare to make a decision outside of your cycle of thought process. Okay. And so what I'm saying is there's two ways, there's two cycles. Okay. There's a cycle of defeat 
all right? And there's a cycle of victory, okay? So our brain operates in a loop. So you'll never get out of one of those two cycles. So what we're basically uh, saying to you, everyone that's listening is how to operate within that cycle of victory or what it looks like, okay? And it looks like commitment. It looks like um, positive habits, positive routine. It looks like readjusting when something is wrong, but not, but not you know, being negative, not being able to forgive yourself when, when bad things happen or forgiving other people when bad things happen, okay? That is what a cycle of victory looks like, okay? So we may have pivoted careers or stayed on one career, you know, some may be single, some may be a father, one may be, you know, married or whatever, but it's all the same cycle, okay? It all looks the same in the common principles, okay? So the common principles, I'm telling you right now, if you wanna be in the cycle of victory, it starts with forgiveness and then the rest builds on itself, okay? It's gonna be unique to your career and in, in your family life, in your environment, but the cycle of victory starts with forgiveness and then in, it's gonna cultivate into a winning uh, routine, okay? Which involves commitment. It involves, you know, goals, uh, how to set the right goals, and, and, it, and it involves a lot of mistakes. You're gonna make a lot of mistakes, um, but the best, the winners, okay, the people that know how to be successful are gonna learn from those mistakes, okay? And the best people know that mistakes aren't a bad thing, okay? They're just a learning experience. So you guys got anything to share with that? No, I got nothing. When you coming back out to Boise? Whenever you want me, my man. Just keep that hot iron ready and I'll come out there and <laughs> burn some carpet. <laughs> I got to go to Tucson though. Yeah, you do. You screwed that up last time. I, I like, did. Classic <laughs> me. Forgive you, so. <laughs> I'll forgive myself. <laughs> All right, but thanks for joining me. Um, yeah, uh, let me finish with one thing actually, okay? So I'm going to finish every podcast with just a little prayer. So it's not going to be anything too crazy, but hey. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for uh, us being able to have this this call and this relationship with two of my best friends, man. I really appreciate this. You know, God is so good in giving us the careers and in the, the paths that we have gone down in the, the family that we have. You know, God bless Ryan and Phil and his in you know their their significant others and their and their children and their children to come. Uh, thank you, God, for this opportunity. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that, brother.